right, special edition Daily Lock. We're going to break down the UFC Fight Night 253. Coming at you from Abu Dhabi on Fight Island with two contender fights uh, going for the belt tonight. So uh, we got five fights to break down for you on the main card. I'm here with UFC Jerry. Um, Jerry, say what's up to the listeners. What's up, listeners? <laughs> Last uh, last two fights, Jerry has been ten and two on the main event. So, guy's hot, knows his stuff, and he's one of my go tos when we're when we're diving into the UFC action. So, um, without further ado, here, man, let's get rolling on you know what we think for for these first fights. Um, looking at the first one, Duwadu versus Takangoff. Uh, Takangoff. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, this is one of the few, you know, later on, there's a couple fights that I don't feel that great on. Um, this one, I feel pretty good on. I kind of like the odds here, too. Um, I don't know what you got right now, but I got two who got it at minus 135. Um, you know, typical tough Russian guys coming off a big uh, knockout win in his last fight. I think he's 4-1-1 one one in the UFC so far, so he's, he's definitely off to a good start. Um He's giving up a bit of a, a reach advantage here, about five and a half inches to Duodu. Um, mm-hmm. He's pretty, pretty big up-and-comer uh, Canadian. has got a good record himself, 11-1-1. Um, you know, that is tested against his high-level competition. Um, this should be a good fight, but I got to go with Tukagov here. Um, you know, Duodu's a little bit longer, a little bit rangier. Um, I think he's going to throw it a, at a higher volume, but I think he's a little bit less disciplined. Um, you know, you can get paid. Um, I, I think this one, honestly, I like Tukov. That's my play. Um, I yep. think he's even got finish here. Um, expect a, you know, maybe a big counter punch, catch him with the right, drop him, get the KO. Um, if not, you know, he can still drop him, you know, land some ground and pound, ride him out. But uh, I like Tukov here, and I feel pretty good on that one. Yeah, you do love fighters from that region of the world, too. That is, that's... I'm telling you, I, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't been keeping track, but. Yeah, all the guys from the Caucasus, all the Russians, the Dagestanis, the Chechens, they're just, you know, they're fucking machines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and do you think that there's value on the decision here? I saw uh, I saw I saw a lot of the experts going with Duwadu decision. Um and and both guys might be looking to grind it out. What what's your thoughts there? You know, there there, there could be um you know, if, if, if you think DeWodu's going to win, maybe go with the decision because uh, he's a little bit longer. If you, you feel confident he can maybe manage the distance, land at a higher volume, take it to the judges' scorecards, get the, get the strikes landed, and, and win that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I'm going to stay away from that personally. Um, I just like, you know, Tugov. He came off uh, a really big knockout. He's the shorter guy. He's a little bit more compact. He's got some power. Um, you know, he did in his three fights before that, actually, um, I got him up right now. He did go to a split decision, uh, one, one lost one, drew one. Um, so, you know, that, that's certainly a play. I'm honestly probably not going to touch the over under here. Yeah. At, um, at, at two and a half minus two ten, that's a little too juicy for I just, me. I like Tukagov at minus one thirty five. Yeah. You know, he's not a crazy favorite. I like the value there. I, I feel good on it. That's one of those where. You know, I just, I like the play, and I think I'm going to leave it at that, personally. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. 
All right, next fight we're going to look at here is Eubanks versus Vieira. Eubanks had a plus 160 underdog. Vieira at the, at the mid-level favorite at a minus 190. Um, Jerry, why don't you break this one down for him? I got I got a couple bullet points here, but I'll, I'd love to hear what you got. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I'll let you kind of run over this one. This is one of the ones on the main card where I don't really feel that strongly on. Yeah. Um, so Kellen Vieira, you know, she's coming off a loss. Uh, she got knocked out quick in the first round, um, which, you know, honestly, pretty, pretty rare in women's MMA. Um, Sajara Eubanks, she's coming off a pretty big upset against Julia Avila. Um, a lot of people weren't expecting it there. Um, a lot of people actually were thinking, you know, Sajar might be a favorite coming in here. Um, you know, she's a moderate underdog right now. I, I think that almost be a little bit of a bait here. They, they want you to bet on Sajara. Um, you know, my rule of thumb, honestly, with women's fighting is I've just been getting burned on some of these. The, 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 the overs are usually really, really high over two and a half. Um, but this one, I think it's, what is it? It's over, over right now is over right now is two and a half rounds minus three twenty five. So it may be a good bet, but that's just a little too cheap for me. That is a lot of skin, you know, in the grand scheme of women's fights, that's really not that much, but still, um, I don't, I don't really like that. Um, you know, I, I think that Vieira's coming off her loss. She's a little bit bigger. She's got four inches on her. Um, she's done well against wrestlers. I think that the big question here was her chin. You know, is it gone? Um, I just don't think Sinjara really has that type of power um, to catch her. Um, you know, I think this one could go to the ground or be fought in the clinch up against the fence. I'd give the air the advantage there. Uh, you know, at minus 190, she's worth a play. You can maybe even prop her by decision. Right. Um but this is one of those where I don't really feel super strongly on it. You know, I'll get a little bit on probably Vieira, maybe maybe see what the prop is at that night for, for the decision win. Um, but this isn't one where, you know, I'm telling you to, to throw the kitchen sink at. So. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So so here's here's a couple things that I, that I took away from this. You mentioned already in, in Vieira's last fight, she got knocked out in nine seconds in the first round, which is – Pretty much unheard of when you're talking about women's UFC fighting. Uh, and she took a left left hook, too. So she did not take a kick to the chin. Um, again, down in nine seconds. She does have a four-inch reach, though, that she sported on Eubanks. You know me and my style. But I'm not sure about a fight. I'm always looking at the size differential. Um, but, but two other things that I saw is this is her first fight since December of last year. And she doesn't have a win since March of 2018. So right now the momentum is going in Eubanks' favor as a you know heavy underdog winner in her last fight. She's scrappy um, and and she's a grinder. So you know I I I like the value at plus one sixty coming off a fighter who is cold may not be feeling herself. Um, granted, she is a contender for this uh, for this weight, but I I, I like. What I see from from Eubanks and you know her recent performances versus Vieira, who hasn't got a win since again March of 2018. So that's my takeaway thoughts there. You know, and it's something to think of. And I, I actually pulled her records up. I'm looking a little far back. Um, and that that win in 2018, you know, that was against Chad Zingano, who was one of the I think she was like the first UFC women's fighter actually. Um, 
and before that was Sarah McMahon too. Um, yeah, that is something to think about. Uh, every year, you know, the talent pool in the women's division gets deeper. You see a lot of girls that, you know, had some wins early on, two, three years ago, kind of getting squeezed out. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe Eubanks is is coming out. Maybe she's worth a prop on the decision. Mm. I do think that this will go the distance. Yeah. I think you gotta you gotta get a little bit of skin if you want to take the over. I don't know if a lot of people feel comfortable with that. Um, you know, the the way I see it, if it if it doesn't go the over, is you know, maybe Vera catches submission. You know, she's got to win by triangle choke. But for the most part, you know, she, she's a decision girl too. Yeah. Don't forget, you follow that left hook, which. Which I don't see coming from Sajara. Um, you know, the lines right. are close. If you want to get in on it, I think, you know, you, you go with whichever way you feel. I just don't feel strongly on it. Maybe Sajara's worth the prop by decision. Right, right. Maybe maybe take uh maybe take your, your favorite fighter by decision. I like Eubanks or Sajara, as Jerry's been saying. Uh, but yeah, I think one ninety is a little too juicy. So um, let's let's move into the next fight though. Uh, Cara France versus Royville. Um, interesting fight here. Cara France is at minus two thirty seven versus um, plus one eighty seven in Royville. Uh, the over under set at two and a half minus one seventy five versus the under at two and a half plus one forty. What's your what's your takeaways here? So first off, I think that you know for for a flyweight fight, you know. You usually see the over um, at two and a half, but sometimes it's a little bit more heavy. You know, these guys are, you know, just cardio freaks, honestly. They, they don't lose the pace. I mean, there's a little bit of difference between watching a flyweight and a light heavyweight fight or even a middleweight fight um, at, at this tier in the divisions. Um, it, but this was an interesting matchup for me just in terms of physicality. Yeah. Uh, you know, Carter, I think, is about four inches shorter, five inches shorter. And giving up just about the same in, in, in reach. Um, but, you know, Royville, man, he's coming off a, a good win against, I think it was Tim Elliott yep. a couple yep. months back. Uh, and I don't know if you guys caught that fight. I actually think we were watching that one together. Uh, that was just a scrappy fight. You know, Tim Elliott's one of those dudes that's just, you know, always been around in, in the flyweight. You know, he'll win one or two, he'll lose one. Um, I think he got cut and came back. He's exciting to watch. Um, but that was just a scramble, and, and Royville just caught him and submitted him and, and really gassed out Tim Elliott. So, mm. yeah, I think that's kind of his style, standing up. You know, he's long. He's a little bit of uh, – he's definitely an exciting striker. He's an up-and-comer, um, but he'll kind of throw some crazy shit at you. Yeah. Uh, so he's exciting, uh, but, you know, this is one of those fights where maybe, you know, this is only a second fight in the UFC, and maybe they're throwing him in a little bit to a competition level where he's not there yet. You know, Kai Kara France has been doing this for, for years now. Um, he's got, I think, like five or six UFC fights under his belt. Um, and, you know, what was interesting, too, is uh, his last fight was against Tyson Nam. And since then, I think Nam's gotten in the cage a few times. And, you know, Kai Kara won pretty pretty uh, decidedly. It went to the decision. And since then, Tyson Nam's just been kind of piecing up that, like, lower tier you know, new to the UFC flyweight prelim card type guys. Yeah. Uh, so I think that says a lot about Kai. He's got a lot of power. He's a more disciplined striker. He's shorter. You know, I think for him, the the, the, the path to victory is keeping it on the stand up, looking for the counter punches. Uh, he's a minus two thirty seven favorite. I do think he's going to win the fight. If I had to guess, just on a one off. Mm. Um, but you do have to get some juice here. 
you know, if, if the fight gets just crazy, um, you know, you see some scrambles, you know, Royville could catch him. Royville could get a submission. Um, and I think that over is a tough one at two and a half. I, I kind of want to stay away from that. Um, you know, and maybe even the under, uh, if, if you want to touch the over under just at the, it's, I think it's a plus money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a plus twenty forty five. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably stay away, but maybe under just because Kai can catch him or Royal can get a submission. But uh, I don't know, man. What are you thinking here? Yeah, so so I like I like Kara France in this one, and and I think you touched on a, a lot of, of the points already. But I'm gonna expand. Uh, my favorite one is that his training partner is Adesanya. Um, so this guy is a well-rounded well-rounded fighter. He's you know his cardio is sick, um, and, and he. he Trains with some of the best competition in the world. Um, all-purpose fighter, which I think is is dangerous going against Roy Volt, who's more looked at as a submission ace. And uh, like you said, Kara France got through that gatekeep- gatekeeper in the weight class and has kind of proven himself as someone to be taken seriously. Um, you know, Roy Vol, again, second UFC fight, and he's now the, you know, number three fight on a on a title card i think he's thrust into the spotlight a little too quickly probably hasn't had the reps and the competition um you know earned to get him to this spot so i think he may be in over his head against Kara france and i like him to win you know that is a lot of juice at minus 237 but i think um you know this fight is won by the better fighter and th- and that is Kara france um and, and then in, in regards to over under um you know his Kara france is uh uh, decision record is undefeated. So he goes to the decision every fight. Maybe something to look at for the over-under, but um, if you are going to go Royal side, I think that there's value in the submission prop. Um, by KO, TKO, submission, uh, you know, have Royal win but not go to the finish, I think that would be the value if you're going to play it on the underdog. What's your, what's That's definitely some value. His, yeah. uh, his last three, he actually won. I mean, two of them were in the LFA, his last fight, first one in the UFC. Uh, all three, all three by submission, two yeah. arm bars and an arm triangle. So, I think there's good value there. I, I agree with you. I like here to win, um, but you know, you gotta get the juice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you got it. All right, now we're gonna roll right into our two title fights for the night. Um, first one up is the John Jones vacancy bout, um, between Jan Blahovich and Dominic Reyes. Blahovich at a plus 222 underdog, Reyes sitting at a minus 277 favorite. The over under is set at two and a half rounds. Over is favorited at minus 136, and the under at plus 106. Jerry, what do you got for us here, man? tough one for me um and i actually had a change of heart today i was really sitting there so, hold on, hold on. so did i so i'm really excited to hear what happened here so yeah uh you know dominic reyes he's undefeated up until he fought against john jones um earlier this year uh, i think it was back in february went five rounds with him uh, a lot of people thought that he won the fight you know a lot of people didn't but um it's the UFC. You want to win the title, you, you got to prove that you beat the, the champ. I think a lot of people saw that with uh, with Holloway trying to take the belt back from Volkanovski. A lot of people saw it the other way. 
but that's just how it is. John Jones, you know, I think held the belt for what, like 10 years. Uh, you know, you're, you're, they're not going to take it from him on the scorecard. Mm. It's that close, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I think ever since that fight, you know, people have just thought of Dominic Reyes as the de facto next best light heavyweight in the UFC. Uh, I think even he himself um, thinks he is. And, you know, maybe for good reason. He looked really good early, um, kind of faded in the late rounds. And, you know, John Jones gets the win against literally everybody. You know, he's long, he's smart, he can mitigate damage, he can get the points that he needs. And he's done it against everybody in that division for his entire freaking career. Um, you know, Lakovitz, uh, you know, a little bit of an older guy. He's 37. Um, you know, he's a good kickboxer. He's got a good resume. You know, he's been in the UFC for like five or six years. Um, but, you know, he's really kind of caught fire since then. His only loss um, since 2017 was a uh, knockout to Tiago Santos. But since then, he has beaten Luke Rockhold, Ronald mm-hmm. uh, Souza, Corey Anderson. Um, and, you know, I just think he wants it more. And I, I hate to use that as, as, as the reason and keep it away from from fighting. But, you know... He's older. It's his last shot. Uh, I think he'll come in a little bit more level-headed. I think Reyes has gotten a little cocky. Uh, and I was reading, too, um, you know, I think he wanted, like, a little more time on the fight or was talking about letting himself get out of shape. I just feel like he might not take this seriously. Hmm. You know, maybe, maybe underestimate Blokovitz, thinking that, you know, he, he, he beat John Jones in his head. He'll come out and get it. Yeah. And honestly, you know, the fact that made me really like Blokovitz here is, is the numbers. At a plus two twenty two, uh, you know, always we get to the next fight, but but the fact that Reyes, in my opinion, is a bigger favorite for this fight than than Adesanya's in his setup fight, I think is a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, uh, awesome. So I'm I'm with you on both on both takes there. I I like Blahovich at uh, plus two twenty two. You know, uh, nine and five in the UFC, which is you know it is what it is, but he's riding a three fight win streak coming into this fight. Won his last fight as a big underdog, um, you know, and and, I, and he has knockout power. They call him the Polish power. So, you know, I think you're right. It, it, it all takes this one for Reyes to get caught. Maybe he's a little uh, sloppy. Maybe he's not with it mentally. Um, and, and, again, going back to uh, fight streaks, Reyes' last win is not since October of 19. So he doesn't have the momentum with him. Yet as well, you know, when he's facing Blahovich, who's got a three-fight win streak, I, I like that stat. Although Reyes, I will say, I, I found this out today, um, for, former NFL hopeful. Was hoping to hear his name called in the draft, didn't, uh, and went all in an MMA. So, you know, guy's definitely a grinder in life, but um, who, who knows on Saturday. I like the plus 22. I think that has, has a ton of value. Let's talk about the over-under for a minute. Um over is two and a half at one th- minus one thirty six. Under is two and a half at plus one hundred six. Um, what do you see here? What do you think is going to play out? Uh, so the first thing that sticks out is just looking. You know, obviously pre John Jones, Reyes' fight history. I mean, it's just full of first round finishes. Uh, you know, he went he went to the cards against Saint Pro and Osdemir, um, but you know, knocked out Wyman in the first round, knocked out Cannonier in the first round. Uh, I think he's a little bit more of maybe. I don't want to say a quick starter, but a quick finisher. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Blockovitz, on the other hand, you know, he'll kind of walk you down. He'll work in the kick. He'll switch his stances. 
Uh, I think that he's probably got a little bit more of a, a diverse stand-up game. Uh, you know, two and a half is tough, though. These are big boys. They both control some heat. I think it's a good line. Uh, you know, if if you're thinking that, you know, Dominic Reyes is going to win, maybe you do take the under two if you like that play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see Jan getting the knockout, too. I mean, five rounds is a long time for these guys. Reyes got gassed last time. Um, and I'm looking, I don't think that Blokovic has ever gone in, in the championship rounds in his career. So it's going to be a test if it, if it gets that far. Um, personally, you know, I'm going to get a little skin on Blokovic and, and probably leave it at that. Maybe prop a knockout, honestly. Mm-hmm. If it's five rounds, he catches in one of the gases. Um, that, that's kind of my play. I don't know. How, how do you see the line? Yeah, yeah. So I like the under here. I do. Um, Blahovich in his last five fights has uh, had a knockout that would have hit the under in three of five. Uh, and Dominic Reyes has round one finishes in four of seven as a UFC professional. So both of these guys have really intriguing uh, knockout resumes. Um, and, and I think getting that two and a half line at plus 106, it has some good value. Not crazy value. It's it's pretty much even, but it, that I like that compared – Compared to what these res- re- these guys' resumes are showing, um, you know, so I, I think that's the play there. It makes sense to me. You know, I, I'm a little bit hesitant with these championship fights, um, yeah. just because I feel like they come out and fight differently. You know, in a five fight, in a five round fight, uh, honestly, especially when it's you know a, a champion or, or the, really the top contender, if it's a fight night kind of feel like they feel the other guy out for the first round or two, and they know that they can still string three rounds if they need to, and they kind of close it out. Uh, but, you know, neither, neither of these guys have been the champion. You know, Reyes, on paper, people like him because of that Jones fight. Uh, but given their track records, and a plus odds of two and a half, light heavyweights with, with knockout streaks in their career like this, I don't think that's a crazy play. Yeah, and, and you know what? You make a good point, and, and the, the, these fights are, are different when they're title fights, and I think they get refereed differently as well. You know, I think they may, there may be some trouble stopping the fight early on when it's not a true knockout. So maybe that's something to take into consideration. I know that we've seen some bloodbaths out there that probably should have gotten called a lot earlier than they did. Jose Aldo. You know, Anthony Smith, another one. Um so freaking felony. Yeah, I mean these guys, they're tough. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> some of them shouldn't be in as long as they do. So that's a good point, and, and maybe something to be hesitant of um, going into um, into Saturday night. But you know, let's let's talk about the fight of the night: Adesanya versus Costa. Adesanya at a minus one seventy two favorite. Costa at a plus one forty two underdog. Um, over under set at two and a half. Uh, minus fifty, what minus one fifty six, and the under at a plus one one twenty six at two and a half. So, um, what do you got here, man? Oh man, you the know, fight this, of the night. The fight of the night. Fight of the night could be fight of the year, honestly. Um, especially for you know, I don't want to say casual MMA fans, but pe- people love watching stand up knockout artists. Uh, this is that fight. You know, neither of these guys are – I think Costa hasn't attempted a takedown in his 13-fight career in the UFC. Uh, he's an absolute brawler, built like the Hulk, comes forward, 
high high strikes per minute. I think it's like over eight strike attempts per minute. Uh, might might be the top in the division there. And he just comes forward, mixes it up well, head body head body, keeps his distance. You know, gets guys against the fence and just kind of hammers them to the TKO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got Adesanya, the style bender. I mean, this dude's a freak. Maybe the most technical striker in the UFC. Super accomplished kickboxer, undefeated champ. Um, you know, it's going to be a good fight. Um, but I, I have to go with Adesanya here. And I, I want Costa to win, quite frankly. I like Costa. I think it'd be cool to see him beat Adesanya. I think Adesanya's a little cocky. Mm-hmm. But I think he's cocky for the right reason, man. If you look at his, his resume, I mean, his last fight, he got a lot of shit for it against Yoel Romero. Uh, people thought it was pretty boring. It was pretty boring. Uh, Yoel Romero did not fight the way people thought he would. Kind of stood in front of him, kept the distance, didn't didn't come after him the way people expected. Paulo Costa's not going to do that at all. Paulo Costa's going to set the pace. He's going to come at him. But Adesanya's got an eight and reach advantage. Adesanya's going to use the angle. Adesanya is outstruck knockout artists like Robert Whitaker, Gastelum, Anderson Silva, mm-hmm. Brunson, and he's beat them all. I mean, this dude's a freak. The fact that he's a minus, why that he's a 172 favorite right now is crazy to me. I think that, you know, people don't know what to get with Costa because you haven't seen him fight Adesanya. But Adesanya has gotten through guys that people thought would have more power than him to catch him with a punch. And he's just out technique them, move from the right angles. Um, and I think something to consider here, too, is it's, it's a championship fight. It's a five-round fight. Costa's never gone in championship rounds. Um, his last win against Romero... This is a fucking sick fight, but that was not the type of fight that Adesanya is going to get him into. It was a back and forth. They're both fighting in spurts, uh, and, and Costa was looking gassed at the end. I right. think Adesanya is going to win. I almost think that that's my surest bet of the night. This Adesanya money line minus one seventy two. Um, the over unders, you know, it's tricky. At two and a half, I think I would probably lean with the over here. Um, just because I think Adesanya is going to be a little bit more measured. He knows he's got the cardio. He knows mm-hmm. he can piece it up. The longer the fight goes, I think the more in Adesanya's favor it is. Um, but Costa's got a chin. He can take a punch, but so can Adesanya. Um, and, but I think that eight-inch reach advantage and, you know, the fact that Costa's a volume striker, people think he's a one-punch knockout guy, but it's, it's really TKOs. He switches it up, beats on the body. And he's not going to get in those positions against a guy like Adesanya, in my opinion, or at least for an extended period of time. I'm taking Adesanya all day. Yeah, I love that pick, too, and and that's the one I'm going to hammer the most. Um, You know, that might end up being like an eight-unit play for me. Um, But but what do you think about, um, you know, Costa as a guy who's just going to go out there and lay it on the line, throw these these flurry of haymakers? Uh, Do you see that as a risk for Adesanya potentially getting caught by one? You know, I do, of course. A guy like Paul Acosta is an animal. But, you know, I think people thought the same thing when Adesanya fought the other three or four guys on his resume. You know, what happens when Romero Romero will take him down and Romero will land a hammer. Robert Whitaker, you know, we just saw him in a a really good fight with Darren Till where he really took over at the end of the fight. I know Till hurt his leg, but, uh, you know, he's a former interim champ. Gastelum, he's kind of been, you know, on a little bit of a losing streak lately, but Gaston's a dude with freakish knockout power, uh, a little bit shorter than than uh, Costa here. 
Um, that's something to worry about, of course. I just think Adesanya's got the tools to stay away. He's got the eight-inch reach. He's got the great movement. He'll work the angles. He, he won't have his back against the defense and take damage, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, Romero likes to switch it up from the body to the head to the body to the head. I don't think he's going to get in those extended transitions where he's he's going to be able to land those shots. I think Adesanya's going to fight a disciplined, a measured fight. You know, the longer it goes, I think Adesanya, um, it's going to work in his favor. And he could put him away. He could put him away late. He could put him away early. I like Adesanya to win. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. All right, last thing we got here. Give us, um, give us your mortal lock of the night, and give us some fight on the prelim card that's going to have some value. You want to pay attention to, maybe even tune into. What do you got? Yeah, so that's tough. Um, I'm my biggest lock is Adesanya. Uh, I love that fight. I love those numbers. Uh, I think he's, you know, one of the top pound for pound fighters in the UFC right now. Hmm. Um. The prelims are a little bit tricky. Um, there's, you know, two early prelim fights. Um, those are kind of weird, in my opinion. Um, just looking at the guys' records, you know, I get it's a UFC, you know, number event, so they have a pretty big card. Uh, the first fight's Cadiz Edward Miguel, I'm butchering that, um, and Danilo Marquez. Uh, you know, I'm going to probably, yeah, who am I kidding? I'm not going to stay away. I'm going to sprinkle on it, but I don't like it. You know, Edward Gimoff, uh, I think he's 0-3 in the UFC, um, but he's more active. I don't think Marquez has fought in two years. Um, I don't think he's even fought in the UFC, uh, and I'm just going to go with my Dagestani rule. Uh, these Russian guys are tough motherfuckers. Uh, you know, minus 162, not crazy odds, 0-3. He's going to want to stay in the UFC. It's probably his career if he loses. I'll sprinkle him lightly. Um, you know, the other one there, it's a heavyweight fight. Espino and Jeff Hughes. I don't like this fight either. Uh, Espino's a minus 300. He's a good wrestler. He's 39. He hasn't fought since 2018. Uh, early in his career, he took a six-year layoff, I think. Um, you know, I don't think he's a good striker. He's supposedly a good wrestler. I just don't know anything about Jeff Hughes. Uh, I'm not going to touch a prelim heavyweight fight with a minus 300 favorite. That's just not something no, I'm going to do. No. Uh, we, we learned our lesson on the contender series, right? Oh yeah, those odds are crazy. Speaking of the contender series, right? So, Uh-oh, a little bonus at bonus value here. <laughs> well, this is this is an interesting fight for me on the prelims. The first one, William Knight, who just fought in the contender series like two or three weeks ago. I, I forget the time. The second time there, um, he won the first time. I think two years before, uh, UFC sent him to a developmental contract. You know, we're both Connecticut boys. The guy's from East Hartford. I'm gonna be rooting for him. Uh, he's an athletic freak. It's plus 137. Now, I'm going to be honest, he's not uh, the most technical fighter. He's not got the striking advantage against Alexa Kamer, um, but he's tough as shit. The dude, his, his fight that I watched three weeks ago, uh, he got taken down and put, like, I think it was a rear naked choke early in the first. I don't know how he got out of it. Dude's a 5'10", 206-pound light heavyweight, built like a tree trunk. I've only been knocked out once in his career against... Uh, Another contender series guy, uh, and Chukwe, who also fought, like, I think the week after. And that guy's a freak, too. Um, you know, that's one of those fights, man, where I wouldn't tell you to go out and bet on it. But I just like William Knight. I think that's going to be a weird fight where he can take some punishment early, and he can fucking win. I mean, that dude's got a chin. He's got great cardio for, for a guy that is size, and he can finish the fight at any moment. 
Um, I just like him. I'm probably biased because I saw him fight two weeks ago, <laughs> and he's from Connecticut. Um, but the one that I think has the best value on this card uh, in the prelims, that is, it's, it's the featherweight fight. It's Shane Young and, and Ludovic Klein. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers are close. It's a minus 110, minus 120. Uh, you know, Young's been around in the UFC for a little bit, uh, and he's just a tough guy. You know, he uh, he's gritty, and he hasn't gotten finished in his career. Um, Ludovic, it's his first UFC fight, I think. Um, he's coming over. I think he's Slovakian. Um, but he's, he's, you know, more technical fighter, um, better boxer, you know, got more finesse to him. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put a little bit of a play on him just cause I like the numbers. Um, you know, Young's got good cardio. He's a tough dude. He can, he can take a beating, but I think Klein hits hard enough and he's a more technical striker. Uh, you know, I don't know if Klein necessarily puts him away here cause Young doesn't get put away. But I, I think Klein's got the tools to win this one on the scorecards. And I feel pretty good about that one at a minus 120. I love it, man. You certainly did your homework reaching deep in the prelims to find all that value. That's so. where the value is, my friend. <laughs> Jane Young, everybody. Go out. Lock it in. All right, brother. Well, thank you for giving us your time today. Um, I'm, I know it was a great session, and I'm looking forward to this fight so much you know as much as i can remember in, in recent history um you know this one i'm going to be tuning into and let's let's go make some money what do you say let's win some fucking money all right thanks brother all right brother i'll see you